0: Overtime hockey talk free agency has really been. I mean, it's it's started and now it's basically done. And we have, of course, there's a few guys left, but of course, the big news out of Toronto Josh Juris signing a huge deal with the Leafs, and John Tavares, of course, coming to the Leafs. Uh, uh my life is complete. I think that's about all the podcasting I ever need to do now that it happened. I mean, that's the whole reason I've been doing podcasting. It's just just to convince John to come to Toronto. Wow. That's it.
1: No. I feel sad for you.
0: Actually, you know, I don't <laughs> know why our last show, I was convinced that all season you'd been saying that he was going to stay. And then I realized later that, you know, it must have been the drugs from my, from my uh, knee injury, but... I realized that I was just, I was like, why did I think that? He, of course, has been saying he's going to leave all year long, and I've been the one saying that he's going to stay. So, uh, yeah, I apologize for that. It was not just to create drama. It was indeed just a massive brain fart. Um, there was some squirts in that fart, too. So uh, that one, well, it was a little rough. It was a little rough. But uh, hopefully today my brain can be a little sharper. That would be fantastic. Uh, But let's uh, do this for today's show. Uh, Of course, we're going to get to the Tavares signing. We're going to get to all the signings. Uh, But I'd love to do it in such a way where we focus on each team individually, because I think that gives us uh, the best picture of what has changed. And so... Let's just kick it off, and we'll just go in alphabetical order and run right down the list. So that does mean that John Tavares is going to be uh, further into the show, uh, which is which is fine. Uh, I'm sure at this point, if you're a Leafs fan, you've probably read every possible publication wanting to figure out you know how this happened and and uh, what the Leafs are going to do with the rest of their cap and yada 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 yada. Will they trade? Neelander or something, you know, there's all sorts of stuff out there now. Um, I think that TSN and all, all the Canadian sports websites have turned into just full-on Leafs coverage. I think I saw the Calgary Flames sign James Neal and what this means for the Maple Leafs. Like, something like that on, <laughs> on the front. I was like, what in the world is happening? I mean, yes, they signed Tavares, but... Come on, there's some other teams out there, uh, but it was it was unusual. And of course, we'll talk about uh, how Eric Carlson is uh, is reportedly being talking talking to teams right now, and so uh, trying to negotiate a new contract. So that's huge. That means that a trade is definitely on uh, on the ropes. And then uh, also some some uh, news that maybe you you had an inkling about but something that i found out about this morning we'll get to that as we go through uh, each of these teams but definitely some big news coming out very soon uh probably sometime this week so let's uh let's dive into the anaheim ducks they're an easy one uh they didn't do a whole lot in terms of uh signing new players uh the, the most notable name, I guess, is Luke Shen, who signs for uh, <laughs> 800000 for one year, uh, was thinking about it and said, Luke Shen was traded for James Van Riemsdyk like six years ago, right? The Leafs to the Flyers. Yeah. And on the same day, Luke Shen signs a one-year $800,000 contract. Well, Van Riemsdyk goes and signs... A thirty-five million dollar contract. Who won that deal? That's uh, definitely one of the more <laughs> lopsided deals that we've seen. But uh, they also signed Carter Rowney from the Pittsburgh Penguins. Not a bad little pickup. And uh, Jared Corel from the from the Red Wings. So uh, not a whole lot doing. Any thoughts on maybe what Anaheim will do in the over the you know the next couple couple of weeks here? Are they in on anybody?
1: Now, no, I don't. You know what? I don't really think so. They they made a couple depth depth moves there with those signings, and I think other than that, the one big thing they have to concern themselves with is uh, they might try to find somebody to take Corey Perry's contract off their hand. But other than that, I really don't. I don't see much.
0: Yeah, and I think at this point, he's worth trying to see if maybe he can have a bounce back year. Sure. And oh, and uh, Brian Gibbons also signed with the Ducks uh, for. Uh, one year, one million. Uh, actually, a, a nice depth piece, too. I mean, 59 games for the Devils, he had 26 points, 12 goals. So he's sure. he's a guy who can definitely fill out your bottom six, which really was Anaheim's issue, was their, their depth beyond that first line. I mean, they had so many injuries, but even so, they just had so many players that were coming from the minor leagues, and it was clear that they didn't have that great of a system. And so... Uh, in, in terms of in terms of the depth that they had in their minors. And so it helps to fill in their lineup a little bit and maybe push guys down to where they belong. And so it gives them some more options and some competition for some younger guys. We, we of course, expect what Sam Steele to come up and uh, contend for a, a roster spot. And so the Ducks, they'll continue looking pretty similar. And I, I would expect them to have a probably somewhat similar season, maybe even – yeah, I'd say a similar season because they won't have as bad of a start, uh, but maybe not as insane, of, you know, legitimate as a, a finish as they had this year. So maybe a pretty similar team, especially if they can get a little more out of Corey Perry.
1: Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the biggest uh, biggest issue they're going to come with, you know, this season is getting John Gibson resigned too. I think that's going to be a big focus. Yes. Moving absolutely. forward.
0: Absolutely. Uh, okay well let's roll over to the Arizona coyotes who are a little more interesting as they had some much uh, much bigger deals uh, of course Oliver Ekman Larson signing an eight-year 66 million dollar deal which holds an 8.25 cap hit which I think is a that's a that's a fantastic deal for Ekman Larson I think it's possible that if he played somewhere else and played with good players that he would be seen in a bigger light uh, and might be in the double digits in terms of the, his cap hit.
1: Yeah, absolutely. He could easily push $9, $10 million for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. Obviously, he likes playing there. Uh, I don't know why, but he does. Um, and, and John Merson signs <laughs> a two-year, uh, $10 million deal, five-year, and the big free agent signing, and it was – I think it's, it's a good thing when you see someone like this Michael Grabner goes to – them signs a three year deal and holds a three point three five cap hit. So adding a nice little piece into their top nine.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I wouldn't disagree. I think this is a team that is definitely uh definitely trying to to make improvements in all the right areas and I think they're you know they did they did good by locking up OEL. O- they got anti locked up this season as well and I think they're going to uh they're going to be a team that's really going to push other teams in that Pacific Division to uh, for a playoff spot, I think.
0: Yeah, and that Pacific Division definitely has some – It's. I think that it's relatively wide open. I mean, the Kings, yes. were they for real this year? Uh, you know, the, the Ducks, we, we talked about, they, they should have a similar year to last year, but there's no telling when certain guys take a step back, considering that Getzlaff and uh, Kessler are both – you know, it's getting older, and so is Corey Perry, and so uh, there's always a possibility of a step backward season. And uh, I mean, the, even the Vegas Knights—I don't think anybody expects them to do as well as they did last year. Sure. So, mm-hmm. but I—I th- I think they do have a chance to contend for a for a playoff spot there.
1: Yeah, and let's let's not forget either. Too, they did make that big trade getting Alex Galchenyuk in this year, too. so
0: Yes. Yes, they did. And uh, and he will play at center. And so that's a, a big upgrade from Max Domi, who's on the wing, uh, as Arizona mm-hmm. just doesn't really have a lot of center depth other than step on. So <laughs> that's uh, that's a good thing for them. Okay, let's move on to the Boston Bruins, who signed your boy, Yaroslav Halak. My boy. <laughs> Two years at $2.75 million. I thought a little pricey for Halak. Uh,
1: yes, I would agree.
0: I, you know, I was when I saw that I thought, why didn't you just bring back Kudobin? Because I don't think that Qdobin signed for much more than that, right?
1: No, and I don't know where the disconnect was, but he, he said that basically he was being forced to, to look elsewhere. I mean, he he had to go take a look at other teams. And so I don't know if there was maybe the thought that Q Dobin thought, Hey, you know, I want to go somewhere where I'm going to get the opportunity to push for a number one spot, but it definitely wasn't Boston. So, Hey, yeah, they are he, an experienced goaltender. He so. signed
0: for less than Halak. He signed at 2.5 million. So did he? I, okay. Yeah. I did, with, with Dallas and we'll, we'll, of course get to that, but yeah, that's, I, I, I liked the way that he played. And when he took over for Rask at uh, different points of the season, when Rask was struggling uh, I think that he showed that he is a formidable backup, but I don't think he's more yep. than a backup. Uh, he might think that he is, but I don't see him really challenging Ben Bishop for a starting spot in Dallas. Uh, but right. But Ben Bishop is known to go down with some injuries and so uh, maybe you know a calculated risk in order to be able to play a little bit more. Uh, not not an awful move and maybe he sees, I don't know maybe he sees some uh, the Dallas. Maybe has a little bit better of a potential. I don't know, but Boston still looks pretty good <laughs> to me. Uh, their other big signing, John Moore, signs a five-year, $13.75 million deal. Uh, definitely is going to come in and shore up that defense, especially, uh, you know, it, I think that if, if anything, their defense has been uh, their weaker point. They're not necessarily weak. Weak in a lot of areas, but it's been a, an area where you can see certain guys getting older, and uh, so I, I think he comes in there and maybe stabilizes it a little bit.
1: Yeah, he'll do a he'll do a great job rounding out that top four for them, and I think now this opens up the possibility for them to maybe move a guy like Adam McQuaid at the deadline. Um, you know, maybe try to get a little something back for him because let let's face it, they're going to roll with Big Z, Krug, uh, McAvoy, and then John Moore in their top four. So I think. You know that definitely makes somebody like Adam McQuaid a little expendable at this point.
0: Yeah, and I I think when you look at the rest of their roster and you go, okay, you've got you know the Marchand and Bergeron, Krejci, Pasternak, Backus, uh, there's uh, of course Jacob Bruska looks really good, uh, Danton Heinen looks solid, but there there maybe is some uh, a veteran presence on that. You know the bottom six lines, something that they could use, and so maybe to flip McQuaid for uh, another, maybe just just flipping him for another player who is unrestricted at the end of this year, but a team that needs defense versus a team that has some excess forwards, uh, they could potentially make a, a good little deal there. So uh, the sure. Bruins, you know, not nothing crazy. They didn't need to do anything crazy, but John Moore, good signing. And uh, also Chris Wagner signs with them from Anaheim, so ah, a good little a center center depth. And there, there's your there's your center depth. Uh, Fifteen points in sixty four games, so a decent little fourth fourth line guy. Uh, okay, let's move on to the Buffalo Sabers, who really, yes, they uh, they did make a couple signings, but of course their big addition is Rasmus Dahlin and. Uh, And I think to a certain extent, we can throw Casey Middlestat into that because, I mean, yes, he played the last eight or nine games, but I don't really think we got a full picture of what he'll look like. So adding Dolan for a full season, Middlestat for a full season. They trade Ryan O'Reilly to the Blues for uh, Berglund and uh, Sabatka and a couple draft picks and so they, and Tage Thompson, and so that that ends up being really good. And then they signed Carter Hutton to a three year deal. Carter Hutton gets the opportunity to be a starter.
1: Yeah, I uh, I like the Carter Hutton signing. I think especially at the you, you look at the cap hit that they got for him. I think that's going to end up looking pretty good down the road. I think you know especially at thirty two. I didn't expect him to sign a six million dollar contract, but um, you know I expected maybe something closer four. to four million dollars yeah. for a guy.
0: Yeah, especially when you consider that Yaroslav Halak got essentially the same thing, just one year less. Right, and he's and exactly. he's a year I, older than Carter Hutton, and he's been struggling. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah, I like what Buffalo did with the uh, with the Ryan O'Reilly trade. I think you know that was probably a guy that um, you know didn't want to be there in Buffalo anymore. I like the pieces they got in return. They got a couple couple decent wingers out of that deal with Saboka and in Bergland. I think those are a couple of veteran guys that'll, that'll prove to be pretty good up and down their second and third line for them. Uh, who knows, maybe Berglund might play on that top line with, with Eichel. I'm not, not really sure, but, um, the only thing I'm worried about is, you know, Casey Middlestat. Yeah. He'll, he'll come in and we'll get to see him in a full season, but you know, outside of Eichel right now, I really don't see a ton of depth down the middle for them.
0: Yeah. You're, you're, yeah, you're definitely right about that. Well, that's where Casey Middlestat is going to play that second line center. And so that's, sure i mean that that's fine uh and sam Reinhart, is there a possibility that uh that reinhardt could play center maybe uh now when when o'reilly was traded he did he said he was tired of uh babysitting eichel and reinhardt so (laughs) that's uh maybe maybe a good thing that their their other the other guy is gone uh, just because I don't know, maybe you know you use the guy as a crutch, and you know that he's going to be going to protect you a little bit. And uh, guys coming in from a team that is used to, you know, definitely has more of a winning culture than Buffalo, uh, I think could make a it could make a, a big difference for uh, for this, the the Sabers. So,
1: yeah, yeah, we we will we will see.
0: Okay, let's move on to. Oh, our next team in alphabetical order, which is the Calgary Flames. Biggest move for the Flames, James Neal. This is really the one I want to focus on. Of course, they signed Derek Ryan. It's a, it's a nice little depth piece, um, something they've been missing all year. But James Neal comes in five years, 5.75 million, and he has the opportunity to maybe play up front with Sean Monahan and Johnny Goudreau.
1: Yeah, I think I think for them that was very key. Finding a top six winger, um, they found a good one. I think they they didn't overpay for this guy. I think five point seven five was was right about the r- the right price for for a guy like James Neal, who's consistently been been giving you know giving teams twenty five goals. And I think if you get that same sort of production at least out of the first three four years of this contract, you're you're looking pretty good.
0: Yeah, I, I'm I am surprised. I think it was Vegas that offered him five for five, mm-hmm. and I I am surprised that he left a situation where he was uh, he was really he was the guy. Uh, I think he may have been named captain if he had stayed uh, five for five. And he goes and he he goes to Calgary, who just doesn't seem to be able to put it all together. And uh, I I really am curious as to why he decided. Uh, to leave Vegas and go to Calgary for really a, a marginal amount of money more. Uh, it's not right. like yeah. He said that he wanted seven million, and he went and he signed <laughs> for you know just seven hundred fifty thousand over what he was asking per year. I mean, to me, that's an unreal amount of money. But to when you're when you're talking between five and five seven five, I I just don't know how much of a difference that makes.
1: Yeah. And I think this, this might actually be a situation where you see a guy who who said no flat out before free agency even started the five for five from, from Vegas. And he gets out there and he just sees that, you know, teams that have, you know, the potential to be contending teams or be playoff teams, just really not offering the money he was looking for. And then of course, you know, it's, it's a situation where he doesn't want to eat his words and go back to Vegas. And you know, maybe this was the best offer he had from a winning team and you know, decided, hey, well, I'll just take it. I get to play with Goudreau and Monahan, so here we go.
0: It's a good point. Uh, other signing that I do really like for the Flames, uh, it'll fly under the radar, but Austin Zarnik. Uh, he is from the Boston Bruins, but he had 69 points in 64 games with the Providence Bruins, so in the American Hockey League. 25 goals, 44 assists uh, the year before. He had 23 points in 22 games in the AHL. And so uh, I, I, I think a nice little addition. Uh, is, it, is he going to end up being a first-line guy? Probably not, but definitely a guy who knows how to score. And generally, when you can score like that at the AHL level, you can find some success at the NHL level. I mean, that's not insignificant.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I, I really like this move and I think if it pans out the way I think maybe they're hoping to, this gives them a little bit more flexibility when it comes to a guy like Sam Bennett who they've just been who's been having trouble getting going, I think, and you know, maybe maybe Austin Zarnick comes in here and starts, you know, playing some top 6 minutes, whether that's on the second line or, you know, who knows, maybe he comes firing out the gate and gets top line minutes, but um, I think this is going to help push Sam Bennett a little bit or or maybe before Calgary makes them a little expendable and maybe they can focus on making a trade, but that's a great point.
0: That's a great point. Uh, I, yeah, I think that Calgary is improved by their, uh, July 1st signings, or July 2nd, I guess is when Neil signed. Uh, I do think that they've improved their position. Uh, I just, again, I mean, that Pacific division is, I think wide open. So, uh, a couple things change for the flames. They make that trade, they trade away Dougie Hamilton and they acquire Elias Lindholm and Noah Hannafin. And so, I mean, their, their top four looks a little bit, looks downgraded a little bit, but their forward group that desperately needed some help gets a big upgrade. So, uh, good on them. Absolutely. And we'll see what else they can do. Uh, let's go to the Carolina Hurricanes, who had a pretty uh, uneventful day. They do bring in Peter Mrazek, another one of your boys. And. Uh, <laughs> That's pretty much it in terms of uh, that's, those are the only signings that they made for players over a million dollars. Signed a couple other guys, pretty insignificant. Uh, Mrazek to Carolina. What what do you see here?
1: You know what I? I'm kind of surprised by this signing. Don't get me wrong. I I when I was listening to the to their comments about why they signed him, and they said, hey, he's still young and he still has a lot of potential. I totally get that, but I think if you're you're the head coach of the, the Carolina Hurricanes and you look at the way Scott Darling didn't quite live up to his potential last year, I don't think you want a backup who you're still hoping can live up to potential. I'm surprised they didn't go out and try to nab a Jonathan Bernier or maybe even Robert Leonard. I would, would have preferred that kind of signing for this team for, you know, to have somebody in there who has, you know, proven that he's a little bit more consistent um, I think that's the biggest complaint about Morazic in his history is his consistency. You know, he'll be hot one minute cold the next and um, you, know, you know, he's, he's definitely going to be somebody who might come in and push Scott darn a, a little bit, but um, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a little worried about the signing to be quite honest.
0: Yeah. Carolina has in my mind done nothing to fix their goaltending issues. Uh, yeah. They, I, I am surprised that they weren't a little more active in free agency uh, with, with their new owner and, and wanting to, do some things and losing Lindholm and Hanifin. I mean, well, you replaced him of course with Dougie Hamilton, but losing Lim, Lindholm, especially, I mean, there's one of your top two centers. What are you going to do about that? So, right. I, Absolutely. Uh, I Carolina to me has taken a little bit of a step backwards, uh, especially with their forward group. And they've done nothing to address the biggest issue, which is their goaltending. Cause Marazic is just, he is, he is indeed a small Band-Aid on a big wound. Uh, okay, right. let's, let's go to the Blackhawks, who uh, who also make a goaltending signing of their own, a one-year deal, $3 million to Cam Ward, kind of a head-scratcher, and then a two-year deal worth $4.5 million to Brandon Manning that carries a $2.25 million cap hit. Brandon Manning, of course, coming from Philadelphia, uh, a, you know, a, a bottom-pairing guy, and... Uh, maybe could slip into that four spot if you really, really needed him to. But I would question whether or not you are a playoff team, let alone a cup contender with Manning in your top four. Uh, Cam Ward signing a big deal in Chicago. Why?
1: <laughs> Why? <sighs> yeah, I, I again, I, I'm with you, too. I think this is a head-scratcher, especially when you look at the money they gave him. That was crazy to me. I expected him to get a one one mil de- deal. He's making
0: um, more than Carter but, Hutton.
1: I know, which is crazy. Um, yeah, I, don't get me wrong. I I don't mind Chicago's thinking of bringing in a guy who you know has who can handle a starter's workload given Corey Crawford's injury last year. But uh, why Cam Ward? You know, why not go after a guy like Robin Leonard who could? Come in and you know obviously it's played a starter's workload, but you're gonna get for a lot cheaper than three million dollars, especially for a team that you know, over the last few seasons has been very cap strapped.
0: Yeah, uh they they also brought in Chris Kunitz as well at uh one million dollars. Uh but uh yeah, I just I don't understand when you look at this team, they've got a they have two million dollars in cap space. I just yeah. I get it that they're one-year deals, so they're they're not really going to affect what they can do beyond this year, but it just seems like all the moves that they've made in order to alleviate their cap situation, uh, it just has been managed poorly at this point. Um, I know that Marion Hosa can be put on long LTIR, so that gives them an extra 5.2. Uh, but it just... I really am questioning what Chicago's doing. I also this to me this signing what it does is it signals we really screwed up when we traded away Artemi Panarin because not only I mean yes, they got Brandon Saad, that's nice. Saad obviously a downgrade from Panarin who goes into Columbus and becomes an absolute superstar. Uh if he was if he had been traded to the Rangers he would be talked about as, oh, is he in the top 10 players in the league, top 15 players in the league? He's, he's that oh, good. Oh, sure. Uh, whereas, if you remember, it was Brandon Sod and Anton Forsberg that came with that deal. And something that uh, the reason why Chicago was willing to do it was because they knew, well, Forsberg should be able to become a, a pretty good goaltender for us. So, to me, this Cam Ward signing says, oh, we've given up on Anton Forsberg. He's Absolutely. not going to be that good. Which, why, like, why, why give up on him when he had, he, he, he's only played there for a year, and I mean, really, I, I know Crawford goes down, he doesn't play great when Crawford is down, uh, he played thirty-five games last year, had a nine oh eight save percentage, but the team in front of him wasn't that great either, and he's adjusting to new players, and I, I just think that it's a mistake, and hopefully he gets an opportunity somewhere else then if that's what you're going to do to yeah. him. So. But, okay, all right, we've spent, we've spent a good chunk of time on Chicago, Who's, who made <laughs> two signings, uh, so we'll move on from that. Uh, let's go to the Colorado Avalanche, who really signed Ian Cole. Ian Cole's our big signing, 4.25 cap hit over three years. Um, I, I like this improvement to Colorado's defense. It's what they needed to do. Uh, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I would definitely agree. I think uh, I think the price is right for Ian Cole. I think they didn't overpay, um, especially in terms of term itself. So again, looking at their top four, I think this helps solidify. Especially when you look at, uh, you know, when you look at the other end of the stick, how Jack Johnson got so much more money in term, and you look at a guy like Ian Cole, and I'm like, wow, I, I like the signing for Colorado now a lot more.
0: Yeah, I'm really kind of baffled as to, you know, Pittsburgh really seemed like they didn't want Ian Cole, but then they're dying to get Jack Johnson.
1: Right.
0: <laughs> I, I really, I don't understand what's uh, what the deal is, but I mean, that just it's just kind of weird. Uh, and the whole thing about Jack Johnson and his uh, his comments about Tortorella and Tortorella going on, <laughs> on an F-bomb tirade was fantastic. Uh, but uh yeah, Ian Cole's a nice addition. Matt Calvert as well. He'll help to fill in the the bottom the bottom six there in in Colorado. And so uh, yeah, like I uh, I for Colorado, Nathan McKinnon just needs to continue taking those steps and and dominating. Like he needs to have another Hart Trophy potential kind of season.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, okay. Uh so the Columbus Blue Jackets they signed riley nash which may be one of the best signings of the day uh, in terms of value 2.75 million over three years a guy who was able to step in for boston play pretty well on their top line when they had some injuries but a really nice second third line center for the blue jackets
1: yeah i completely agree i think they got great uh, a great value out of a guy who probably I, I expected to get closer to $4 million. So uh, this should work out very well for them. I think their their biggest issue going into this offseason was finding some scoring. Uh, while they didn't go out and get a, you know, a James Neal or anything like that, I think they did did quite well. And they set themselves up to to leave a little bit of money in case they want to make some moves. Um, you know, and rumor is, too, that, you know, if Rick Nash does return to the NHL, his most likely destination is going to be with Columbus. So yes, that, should, yes. that should help, too.
0: Which which will be fun. Uh, hopefully, uh, his I know he's suffered some concussions and he's debating retirement, and so uh, can't blame him if he decides to leave. But yeah, it, it would be it would be cool to see him back with the Blue Jackets. Um, really, right? When I'm looking at this roster, Riley Nash is the top center in my mind. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I guess Pierre Luc Dubois is, but. Yeah, this, this team has a lot of really good wingers. I mean, you know, in, in Cam Atkinson and Artemi Panarin and uh, Josh Anderson, Sonny Milano. The, this team has some good wingers, but uh, it'll be interesting to see what they patch together for this center position and where Riley Nash ends up slotting in. Uh, the Dallas Stars, they were very active uh, in terms of signing guys. Not necessarily super significant, but... Uh, Blake Como comes over three years at 2.4 a year. Roman Polak signs a one point million one one-year deal. Anton Kudobin, two years at 2.5 million apiece. And Nuchushkin returns with uh, two years at 2.95. Uh, so some some good moves forward for the Dallas Stars who have to make the playoffs.
1: Yes, I absolutely agree. I think... I think Nechuskin's going to put in some good top six minutes for them. Hopefully he'll continue to um, to do what he was doing overseas and bring it back here. Um, the Kudobin signing, on the other hand, I really, really like this signing a lot more than than probably most of their other signings, just because, again, we, we sort of touched on it a little bit, you know, Ben Bishop's injury history, and I think Kudobin, the way he played filling in for Rask when he went down was pretty dang good, so... You know they have a nice little insurance policy there that didn't cost them more than Cam Ward money. So,
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah, absolutely, Cam Ward money. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and and you know as far as Natchushkin goes, I like the signing. I don't know. So he had twenty-seven points in fifty games in the KHL. Uh, How that transfers over to the NHL, uh, I I don't know if he's more than a forty-point guy anymore. Uh, I, I just I don't see it. I don't I don't know if he comes to the NHL and is just dominant uh, and has a season like a Evgeny Dadanov or something. Uh, I think maybe a forty to forty-five points is probably reasonable for him, unless he gets to play up with Ben and Sagan. Then of course all bets are off.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I I, I absolutely agree. I think forty forty-five points is just exactly where I expected him to be at and um, you know I think with Spezza coming off the books after this season I think um, I'm interested to see what plays out with with him if you know maybe we have a bounce back season from Jason Spezza um, you know that would be very nice yeah if he gets to maybe play on a third line with two and that sort of works out who knows but um, we'll, we'll, we'll see
0: very true uh, okay uh, let's see what we have here for the Detroit Red Wings your boys um, oh yes, Johnny Bernier signs a three-year, nine million dollar deal. Uh, you have the best name in free agency at Harry Satteri for one year. Pretty <laughs> insignificant, though. Uh, Thomas Vanek returns home a one-year, three million dollar deal, and uh, Martin Ferk. He doesn't get qualified, but then comes back and signs a one-year, one million. Tyler Bertuzzi re-signs two years, one point four apiece, and Mike Green. Did Mike Green resign with the Wings? Did I miss that?
1: He did for two years. I must have yeah. missed that.
0: Yeah, two years at five point three seven five. So I, I swear, I just saw something that was like, "Oh well, Mike Green, Mike Green should return to the Wings." I was like, "I thought he signed," and I got confused. Okay, so uh, <laughs> what are your thoughts as a Red Wings fan? Do you like what they did? Do you are you confused at anything?
1: No, I the only. Confusing signing, I think. Out of all of these, is the Thomas Vanek signing. Really? Um, I yeah. And let me touch on the good ones first here. I think Jonathan Bernier is going to be fantastic as a backup. I think, given Jimmy Howard's injury history, Bernier is going to be a guy who who again is kind of looking for the opportunity to push for a starter's role. I think you'll get it here. And I think you know the the thought process going forward is he's going to be you know the Red Wings have a couple prospects. In the goaltending pool, that I, I don't think are quite ready to go, and I think they're maybe you know three years off. But uh, Bernie is going to add a nice little stopgap for them, um, you know. And I do think too this provides the opportunity if a team like the Islanders want to come in and trade for a guy like Howard, that opportunity is there too for the Wings to get some assets back. But um, so again, Bernie, a great signing. I love the term. I love the money. Mike Green again, two years. I think he'll be just fine doing what he's doing back there. Um, you know he's probably the only puck-moving defenseman the Wings really have, um, unless Trevor Daly somehow has a bounce-back year. But when you look at a guy like Thomas Vanek, I think going in the free agency, the Red Wings made it known that they're gonna give the opportunity to a lot of younger guys to come in and push for for spots on the t- the top nine. Uh, you know, including guys like Rasmussen, Zadina after the draft. Um, now while I think Zadina's a lock to make this team, uh, if you look at their top 9, I would definitely throw him in there. The Vanek signing to me just kind of says, "Hey, we're just signing this guy because we don't we're not sure that you know, Rasmussen or Zadina are going to be ready for the top 9. We're not 100% sure even though Well, how we can you off-
0: be 100% sure? <laughs> You've never no. you know, they haven't done anything for you other than uh, at this point now they've played in the development stuff, but uh, I mean you you have to have those a veteran guy there who can who you know can play
1: yeah I, I won't disagree with you there, but I think the Red Wings if they want to embrace a rebuild and giving the younger guys an opportunity to come in and just I think at this point're you're, you're kind of saying, hey we still think we're competitive enough to to be a bubble team here so signing a guy like Vanek. Kind of, you know, says, "Hey, we again, we think we're we're a bubble team, and we don't think um, that we're completely out of it, and we're not embracing the rebuild yet." Which, yeah, but isn't that exactly what
0: they're doing by bringing in Mike Green and Thomas and uh, Jonathan Bernier? Well, I think it's the same exact thing. I mean, bringing in Jonathan Bernier, you're you've improved your backup position. You're spending more money on your goaltending. I mean, they sure. they now are in a better position to win, I think, than they were yesterday. They no, and they are I, going I to be a better disagree, team you know. this year, on paper, than they were last year.
1: No, absolutely, won't disagree with you. I think Vanek is still a good player when he plays with a couple speedy speedy players on his line. But to me, again, I just I would have rather have seen them not sign a guy like Vanek, in a guy. Um, you know, like Rasmussen and just see what he can do, um, because I don't think, uh, again, I, I don't think not letting these younger guy plays, young not letting these younger guy play will, you know, the long term effect I think is a little bit more what I'm worried about than anything else, and and then too with with Vanek's deal, he's got a full no trade clause, so you know I don't think Detroit's really going to have an opportunity unless he, you know, finds a, you know, a top contending team that's willing to to bring him on that. They can move him at the draft or at the deadline again for you know another draft pick. Which you know, if I'm Thomas Bannock, I'm I'm kind of shocked too that he didn't sign a longer term deal with somebody for two years. Uh, I, so he not I doesn't. don't
0: understand. They, but he wanted to come back to Detroit. That was a that was a thing. I think he maybe could have yeah. gotten more elsewhere, uh, but he wanted to come to Detroit. He tried last year. They didn't have the cap space. Uh, the the thing that I'm confused about is they they have some serious players to re-sign and they're yeah. they're bringing in these I mean, they have to re-sign Larkin Anthony Sioux and Mantha I mean, there's your some of your best forwards right there that you have to re-sign and they, they've they been in cap hell and they go and sign Bernier to a three year deal at three million. I, I'm fine with the one year to, to Vanek because it's only a one year but to me how have we not figured out Larkin one of these three guys yet because you need to get a better picture of what's gonna I mean, there's nine million dollars available. There is not enough money to go around to all those guys.
1: No, absolutely. I and I, I think too, when you look at even the top two of those three guys, Larkin and Mantha, nine million isn't enough for both of those guys. No. So to me to me, I think this is a clear case where you're gonna see Kenny Holland move a guy like Anthony Sioux or maybe even a guy like Goose Nyquist. And uh, you know you could even potentially see, you know, Anthony Sealy get packaged in with a guy like Jonathan Erickson, who has you know a little over four mil on his cap it to to alleviate some cap pressure and to free up some space to give Larkin and Mantha the money they deserve.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess if you want to give away Anthony for free, you can package him with Erickson, but that's <laughs> a that's rough. Uh, okay, well let's. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll come back to the Red Wings. Don't don't you worry. We'll we'll be back later in the summer. We have a yeah. long summer ahead of us. Uh, Edmonton Oilers really don't do much. They sign Kyle Brodziak and Tobias Reader. Uh, I guess helping their depth a little bit. And that's uh, that's about all the Oilers do. We're just going to kind of run a, run right past them uh, because it's yeah. just. <laughs> well, I I think they'll do more through the off season, but right now they haven't done anything. Uh, the Florida Panthers they signed Michael Hutchinson. Jared McCann resigns for two years. Uh, really, they haven't done much either. Uh, but I did hear, uh, you know, I, I write for the Panthers at Hockey Buzz, and uh, I did hear from a, a source that Pacioretty is uh, very close to being moved to the Panthers. So we'll see if, if that really happens. Uh, but that seems to be, I know that that's been the sentiment, is that he'll go there at some point. But it's really looking like a trade is looming. Montreal uh, wants to do something. They want to move him. It's just kind of a mess right now. And so uh, look for him to be moved pretty shortly here.
1: Oh, good. Yeah, that'll be a, that'll be a fantastic addition for, for their top six, if not top nine, for sure.
0: Yeah, the the Florida Panthers are a team on the rise for sure. They're the, they're one of the one of the few teams I think that you can say without a doubt like they are going to be better and they will most likely be in the playoffs next year. Uh the LA yeah. Kings, they don't do a whole lot. Actually, they do absolutely nothing in terms of free agency, but they do take a monster off of next year's list and they re-sign Drew Doughty to an 8-year, 88 million dollar deal. It is the uh, the second biggest deal uh, in terms of uh, in terms of cap hit in the history of the league, uh, and it's and it's eight years, unlike Tavares is seven. Uh, so Doughty resigns with the Kings. Uh, any thoughts on this? Did you think this was going to happen?
1: Yeah, I'm actually. I, don't get me wrong. I expected him to get a, a ton of money. I did not think though that he was going to get. Eleven. I figured him to be more or less around the ten million dollar range, but given the um, the money he could have got going elsewhere, this is not too big of a shocker to me.
0: Yeah, I think that it's uh, it's what they had to do. They had to pay him, and yeah. and you also you got to think the eleven million. You know, every year that we go further, that eleven million becomes a smaller percentage of the cap, and really, that's I, I would love to see. Uh, Unlike a cap, you know, we, we often use capfriendly.com. If you if you need a website to be able to go and look up the all these numbers, capfriendly.com is, is really the standard to be able to do that. They have the best info and the really the best layout that I've found. But it would be really nice if they showed you, you know, they show you, all right, what's the full value of the contract? Uh, 88 million, their cap hits 11. It would be nice to see here's the percentage of the cap hit. That that it was at the time of the signing. I mean, obviously, I can figure that out. I can go, what's you know, eighty million divided by eleven million, and I can find the number. Uh, but I think I think it's thirteen something. Uh, but it's uh, it would be nice to just have that information because I think that that helps to really paint a better picture of what the contract actually is. Because you know, uh, an eight million dollar deal ten years ago was a way bigger deal than it is now. So, sure. like where Crosby, you know, Crosby signs his, his uh, $8.7 million, it was it was like four, 14% of the cap or something like that. And now it's such a bargain deal, it's ridiculous.
1: Right, right. And looking at LA, too, I, I want to get your thoughts on the Ilya Kovalchuk signing. Do you think?
0: Oh, uh, yes, Yes.
1: Yeah. I mean, what do you think? Do you think this is going to be something that's going to work out quite well for them? Or do you think they're going to be scratching their heads in two years and like, why did we sign this guy?
0: Oh, I think they just got like much slower. I mean, their whole thing was we want to be a faster team. And then they went out and they signed a guy who's 6'3, 240 pounds, who has yeah. never been fleet of foot. And now he's 35. Or so yeah, it was a fatigue.
1: Yeah, he's 35. And yeah, like any contract. Yeah, I mean, it, if he retires again. They get hit with a big capture penalty. Um, although I don't think he's going to retire, I think he's going to finish out this contract. Actually, but yeah, I completely agree with you. I think they're they're getting slower. Uh, they're definitely getting older with guys like Carter and Dustin Brown, who are 33 years old. Kopitar now is 30 years old. Uh, you know, they're they're taking away minutes from faster, younger guys like Tufoli and Pearson. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how this one pans out, though.
0: Yeah, they need to uh, they need a win tomorrow or they're going to lose the next day. Like, they don't have much time left. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, let's go to the Wild, who really just did a whole bunch of depth moves. Um, Greg Paterin signs a three-year deal, 2.25, on defense, and uh, he kind of rounds out their bottom six. They acquire Eric Fair, one-year, one million. They had JT Brown for uh, – 687000 and uh, Matt Bartowski, uh, Bartkowski, they, they, and Andrew Hammond, of course, uh, in goal. And so they just kind of fill in some some depth pieces. Uh, not a whole lot going on. Uh, this team maybe needs to make moves via trade based on uh, the performances of some players last year. Uh, any thoughts on the Wild? Think they're in on anything else through the rest? No.
1: No. No, I think they, like you said, they make good depth moves. I think their focus now is going to be um, looking at a guy like Eric Stahl trying to figure out what you're going to do with him after this year. Um, he needs a new contract next season. So are you going to give him a significant raise that, you know, a 40-goal scorer probably gets? Or are you going to look to move him because, you know, maybe uh, you're a little up against the cap and, uh, you know, maybe you don't see him in the long-term plans because he is, he is 33 years old. So, you know, how much money do you want to risk to a guy like that?
0: Yep, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I think that it's. Uh, it, there's, I mean, there's no way he's getting eight million unless he does like a one-year eight million kind of deal. Um, I could, sure. I could see that. But yeah, Minnesota once again will be a a, a team that makes it in the first round and loses. Uh, that's that's really what they <laughs> look like. Uh, okay, Montreal. They really haven't done much. Uh, they signed Xavier Walette, former Red Wing, and. Uh, yep and Matthew Pekka to a two-year, uh, $2.6 million deal. Uh, they really have not done a whole lot since trading Galchenyuk for Max Domi. And, uh, of course, you know it sounds like they're going to trade Pacioretty to the Panthers. It'll be interesting to see what they get back. Uh, obviously, they're looking for a center. Maybe Nick Bukestad uh, wouldn't be a bad little, little piece, but uh, Montreal kind of, hasn't done anything significant enough to spend a lot of time talking about them. So we'll move on to the Nashville Predators who really have done nothing either. Uh, Just kind of re-signing some guys, uh, bringing in a, you know, a Zach Ronaldo (laughs) and uh, signing Colin Blackwell to a two year deal. So Nashville pretty inactive. Uh, Do you expect them to do anything moving forward?
1: Um. You know what? To be quite honest, no. I, I think they're going to stand pat and see how the season pans out, and just kind of ride it. And if they, you know, maybe falter a little bit and can't compete with the Winnipeg's and uh, St. Louis Blues of the league, maybe they might make some moves. But I think for now, they're just going to keep doing what they're doing.
0: Yeah, we got to find out what's going on with Austin Watson, whether or not he's going to be uh, back next year, or what you know what what happened with uh, with the domestic abuse. Case and they do need to re-sign Ryan Hartman, so and Mika Salamaki, so they, they've got some work to do along with uh, Juicy Saros, and only eleven million in cap space to do so. So uh, they're mainly focused internally, and that's that's fine. Nashville will compete for a, a Stanley Cup once again next year. Uh, the New Jersey Devils, they really haven't done much either. Uh, they did sign Eddie Lack to a one-year deal at six hundred fifty thousand, and Eric Griba. To a one year 700,000, but uh, the Devils kind of lose guys. I mean, they lose John Moore, they lose Brian Gibbons. Uh, Are the Devils up to anything, do you think?
1: Um, Honestly, I think the only thing I could think maybe potentially they're up to is uh, looking to move a guy like Corey Snyder um, to try to get some forward pieces back or maybe, you know, a a good top four defenseman. Um, It wouldn't shock me to see him move to a place like the, the Long Island. Um, but other than that, I really I really don't know if they're up to anything. Yeah, to I, just, quite
0: I can't see them trading Corey Schneider at this point because I don't think you can trust Keith Kincaid to take over and do much for you over the course of the long haul. Uh, but um, we'll, we'll yeah. jump into that as the as the summer goes. The New York Islanders, of course, uh, it's not so much about who they signed but who they lost. They lose uh, just the – Probably the best player to ever play for their team in terms of pure talent. Uh, definitely not in terms of results, but in terms of pure talent. And uh, he leaves, uh, in, a, in a way that really rubs Islanders fans the wrong way, Twitter is just a, a gas with, <laughs> with uh, hate speech towards John Tavares. People didn't like that he said, no, don't trade me. I want to be here. And uh, then he leaves and they don't get anything for him a lot of people pointed to bolts in the night ryan o'reilly where you know hey o'reilly said i want to leave and they were able to get something for him uh even though it wasn't a you know a ton but john Tavares probably would have gotten a lot so uh yeah i understand being a a little upset of course the guys that he told he'd stay got fired so uh kind of tough there uh, so they go and they re-sign Thomas Hickey four years at two point five million. They replace John Tavares with uh Valtteri Philpola or one year two point seven and Leo Komarov comes in at four years at three million a season. Uh, wow. uh, what? <laughs> well, uh, I yeah. guess I guess uh Lou Lamarillo really loves him some Leo Komarov. Like, more than Babcock did, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is a guy that I would be hard-pressed to even put on my third line. And to see the money and term he got was just such a head-scratcher to me.
0: Yeah, Lou Lamarillo uh, clearly panicked. I mean, you lose Tavares, yes. and he just had to replace him. And they, but I... I would have rather have seen them go and spend money for uh, anyone. <laughs> go yeah. spend for James Neal. It would have yeah, been a much better. I, I mean, they have a ton of cap space. So I, I I, think, though, there may be something else of the works. I, I got to think that there, they're in on Carlson.
1: There has to be. I mean, honestly – you come in with, uh, and think about it too. If you're Barry Trotz, you come in expecting to, uh, you know, take a very, very, very good one-two punch with Barzell and Tavares, and you're thinking, okay, we get this guy resigned, and the way I coach, and I can turn this defense around potentially. It, it would be such. I mean, I would be so disappointed if if you lose Tavares, and now you're like, okay, great, now my number two center is Valtteri Filppula, like. Are you, are you getting me right now? I ugh.
0: yeah, rough life rough yeah. life uh, well we'll uh, we'll definitely we'll get into uh, what the the whole team will look like as as the summer goes on but yes definitely a hard day on the island uh, i I feel for everyone involved. I try to put myself in the shoes of like what would it be like to lose your like what would it be like in you know six, seven years to lose Matthews? to free agency for nothing you'd be like screw you dude (laughs) like wouldn't (laughs) wouldn't matter what they did now it would be maybe it would be different if uh if they had won a stanley cup and he's like you know look i i i want to go home i want to see if i can do one with the leafs now but sure uh yeah to to really have the lack of success that he did uh yeah it's just it, it was a tough pill to swallow uh the new york rangers they re-signed nemesnikov 2 years at uh 4 million a season i think that's a solid uh bargain deal for them nemesnikov a good a good uh top 6 forward and uh, that's really all the rangers have done which is a weird off season for the rangers but it's it's actually good to see and if i'm a rangers fan i'm happy that they have they said they were going to rebuild and they're rebuilding they're not going yeah. out, and they're si- not signing Jonathan Bernier and Mike Green and Thomas Vanek to deals when you're rebuilding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: I, you know what, I heard the rumblings of Kovalchuk all, you know, off season long that it was gonna that the Rangers were gonna be a big player in that that free agent move there, and I was glad to see them not waste money on a guy like Kovalchuk or you know, like you said, uh, you know, Mike Green or whomever. Uh, that they're embracing the rebuild. And I think this is fantastic for some of the younger guys. Um, you know, they do have some some guys like Brian Spooner and Kevin Hayes that do need some new contracts. So I'm, I would rather see them spend the money on guys internally and rebuild for the long term.
0: Yep, totally agree. Uh, the Ottawa Senators signed Paul Carey from the New York Rangers uh, to a one-year $700,000 deal, and that is all they have done. Uh, of course, we are just sitting around waiting Will Carlson be dealt? Apparently, they offered him uh, eight years at ten million dollars a piece, and that is laughable. Like, why, why <laughs> even go into a conversation like that when you just watch Drew Doughty get eight years at eighty-eight million? I mean, to go, uh, I, I, I don't even think that that's a like. The whole like, well, we you know you got a low ball at first, and then they counter and find a middle ground. No, you walk in and you go, "Dowdy just signed for 11 million uh, you're better than him, <laughs> so you're getting 11 and a half. and let's just that's where we are and that, yeah, that's and, what you should be signed for
1: And it's funny, I actually heard, and I'm not sure you know if, if you've heard any different, but apparently that's all he's really looking for is Dowdy money. Um, I'm, I'm sure he'll get more than that, but you well, on the, in the open that,
0: market, he would definitely get more than that. And, oh, and absolutely. I, I actually would, I would be more open to paying him 13, 14 million for seven years than I would be for eight.
1: Yeah. But if, if I'm playing devil's advocate here though, um, you know, I did read something on Twitter and it, it kind of got me thinking a little bit like, you know, if you're a GM, don't get me wrong. I, I think you have to give him the money he deserves and he's definitely earned that 11 12 million dollars whatever it is he ends up getting um but given his injury history with his legs you know the last few years of that deal might end up being a real terrible thing for for a team uh you know given his health you know where it's at i think uh proceed with caution if i'm a gm making a move but i still think he's he's a very you know he's he's one of the top defenders top players even in the league at this point
0: yeah but the the whole oh well we're afraid of an injury i mean you you can put a guy on to ltir and and it's fine you know sure. it doesn't count against your cap so uh, i think you know if maybe the last 2 years of his deal he was he he got hurt or something he'd be fine but i i don't see a injury history i just see he had an injury and he came back after the season started, and he didn't look quite as up to pace. Well, yeah, no kidding. He he, he had major surgery on his ankle. He still managed to put up over six, 60 points. It was 60-something points. Yeah. Uh, and people are saying, oh, well, he, he lost a step. Well, yeah, you know, sometimes you lose a step, but that doesn't mean you can't gain the step back. Uh, right. With training over the summer. And I, I got to imagine that he is going to come back this season. If he – if he goes into this season as a like he's going to be a free agent next year, he might have the best year of his career. He's going to go yeah. ham, so <laughs> it, it'll it'll be fun to watch. Uh, let's go Philadelphia Flyers. They only they they've done one thing, and that is bring back James Van Riemseck, a guy they drafted second overall. Uh, they signed him to a five year, thirty five million dollar deal, carries a seven million dollar cap hit, and uh, as much as I. You know, I, I I've loved watching James Van Riemsdyk as a Leaf, based on what he can do in front of the net. Um, I'll take Tavares over him, and <laughs> uh, but I love this addition for the Flyers. I, I think yeah. he 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 makes their top nine uh, very very formidable, and actually I think makes their top nine better than the Penguins' top nine.
1: Wow. Okay. Um. I'm not sure if I would go that far yet, but um, given that I don't have a lot of faith in Nolan Patrick as my number two center, quite yet. um, However, I I agree. I think this is a great addition for the Flyers. I think, especially because you only had to give him five years, I think at 34, you're not going to see, in terms of where his production is now versus at 34, I don't think there's going to be too big of a gap. Um, to where you're really gonna look at this contract and at seven million dollars five years from now it's like oh okay not so Se- seven deal.
0: million dollars uh, in seven years will be like a four and a half million dollar deal now
1: right exactly and you know what having them for five years fantastic term um, I think now too this this does kind of open up the possibility where if you're Philadelphia you're like okay, what do we do with Wayne Simmons you know now that we've got JVR locked up does this give us the opportunity to move Simmons? For you know uh, a nice piece on defense, um, or do we just re-sign Simmons and keep going because Simmons has been a very good player and leader for our team? Uh,
0: yeah, and I, I do think that the signing of Van Reemsdyke really makes Wayne Simmons uh, expendable. But of course, you love to have him. But I think yeah. I think it does make him expendable. Um, I I I don't know if Simmons gets the same kind of money that Van Riemsdyk gets. But I, I, I mean, he's going to be over five, six. I mean, maybe he's yeah. Maybe I would think he gets seven. six million dollars. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 like the Flyers for this next year if they can, if uh, Provorov and, and some of their younger defense can take a, a step. I, I really think. I especially I mean, we'll, we'll move on to the Pittsburgh Penguins right here. Uh, the Penguins go. They sign Jack Johnson, five years, three point two five a year. That's insanity. Uh, <laughs> Riley Sheehan resigns. That's fine. He's okay center. Um, Brian Russ resigns. But of course, they traded away Connor Sheary just so that they could get some cap space by trading away Hunwick as well, and and so that they can sign Jack Johnson. And you're telling me that today that they're a better team than they are yesterday. That's and not you in particular. Just that's right. you're supposed to try to make your team better. And they traded away a good top nine forward. In Connor Sheary, a guy that has chemistry yeah. with Crosby, they traded him away, and they bring in Jack Johnson, who has proven his entire career that he is an under-average defenseman. He is in in every advanced statistic, isn't a good defenseman. I mean, he is a bottom pairing guy, and he he really isn't that good on the power play. I mean, that's kind of the, oh, well, he you know he can play the power play. No, he's not that good on the power play either. And so, really, this, this Penguins team took a big step backwards in my mind.
1: Yeah, I think this contract is just going to, they're going to get eaten alive by this one. Uh, don't get me wrong, I, I'm happy for Jack Johnson. I'm glad he got paid given his whole family situation. Um, you know, he definitely, I'm sure, was looking for a longer-term money deal like this, but I mean, when you look at a guy like Ian Cole, who signs for you know roughly around the same money, uh, why wouldn't you bring in him instead? You know, re-sign him. Bring him back, because uh, you know he can play... Top well, they, but they obviously he needed.
0: They didn't even play him when he was there.
1: Right. I, I don't... Uh, again, a big head-scratcher. I, I just...
0: And he's the, the one who the helped them win up. the Cup. <laughs> that one year, you know? The, I know. Yeah, it's a, it's a very strange deal, and it it really... I mean, I I know people have said, well, you know, the Penguins took Justin Schultz and everyone thought he was really bad and, and they were able to revitalize his career and, and they, they took a, Trevor Daly, did the same thing. They took, you know, and, and I, that's great. I I hope that they can take Jack Johnson and turn him into a top four defenseman legitimately and have evidence to back it up using numbers um, that that is the case. Uh, but uh, yeah, I I, just, I think they took a step backwards, and I, I don't think they're as good as they were last season now. And so I really, when I look at Philadelphia and the growth that their team's making and the addition of Van Riemsdyk, I, I see the Flyers taking the step, and I, I think that if they were to meet in the playoffs again, my money would be on the Flyers. Wow. So
1: okay. um, Yeah, I, I wouldn't disagree with that right now at this point.
0: Uh, let's go, Sharks. The Sharks really—it was—they took care of their own business. They signed Logan Couture to an eight-year, sixty-four million-dollar deal. They also re-signed Thomas Hurdle to a four-year, twenty-two and a half million-dollar deal, so five point six two five cap hit. Uh, just taking care of business and doing what they need to do. They already brought in Evander Kane and re-signed him, and so uh, San Jose. Looks to be that team who, you know, probably is good enough to get to the second round. And maybe, given the right things that happen, they can uh, they can make a little run at uh, at another Stanley Cup final. You know, if things go the right way for them and they play the right teams. And Joe Thornton's back as well.
1: Yes, that, that'll definitely help having Big Joe back. Um, you know, I, again, when you look at the signings with Thornton and Hurdle, they were definitely waiting on... The Tavares deal. I think they they were rumored to have offered him. I think upwards of thirteen, 13 million dollars yes, per season. Yes. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. I, I think that's initially when we when we started talking about it. That's where I had pegged them going or pegged him going when we when we first heard about the six teams. Um, but hey, Toronto totally makes sense. Go back home and, um, and again, why this is you know why they waited on Thornton and Hurdle and uh, they took care of their own business. I think they're still a very, very competitive team. They'll be good next year, like you said. Second round does not surprise me at all for them.
0: Yep. Uh, okay, St. Louis Blues, they actually do make quite a few moves. Uh, I like some of them. Uh, they bring in David Perron, 66 points last year, and he signs a four-year deal, $4 million a year. Uh, I think that's fantastic. Uh, he definitely took a hometown, or uh, you know, uh, he wanted to go to St. Louis, and so he took a discount. Uh, chad johnson signs a one-year 1.7 million dollar deal and tyler bozak a three-year 15 million dollar deal at 5 million a season my god who agent of the year
1: wow yeah <laughs> i won't disagree with you at all i think this was i don't want to say a panic move i i i think that it was an insurance move for, for St. Louis. I think they needed some depth at center, you know, maybe because Robbie Fabry isn't necessarily ready or maybe they're not as confident that he could come in in the number two center role yet. Um, but, or, you know, maybe some of the younger guys come in and fill in those roles. And I think they wanted a guy who has proven he can handle, a, a you know, a number two center spot with Bozak. I think he, he would be fine. He would be okay if needed, but um, I'm sure because they hadn't traded for Ryan O'Reilly yet, that they were worried that maybe they weren't going to land him, and I think if they had traded for Ryan O'Reilly prior to free agency, Tyler Bozak would definitely not be getting that type of money or term from St. Louis.
0: Yeah, that's a great point, but uh, I mean, their depth at center is better today than it was yesterday. I mean, they have Ryan O'Reilly now and and Tyler Bozak, and uh, I I think he'll He'll play well. I mean, it's not that Bozak's not a not a nice little player. I and mean, He's a great face-off guy, uh, but just probably an overpayment. I don't know how how many points he puts up in, say, two years.
1: Yeah, yeah and I'm quite interested to see what they do with Braden Shen and Ryan O'Reilly. You know, who gets to play with Tarasenko? Who gets to play with Schwartz? To me, this is going to be very interesting. Um, I'm excited to see Ryan O'Reilly finally get – just a fantastic winger to play with and see what he can do
0: yeah it'll be fun it'll it'll definitely be fun uh let's go with tampa bay who really they they didn't do a whole lot other than uh just re-signing jt miller ryan mcdonough slater cuckoo uh they kind of just take care of their own and that's uh that's that that's tampa
1: yeah can't can't hate on the moves and then of course they uh they re-upped um i forget what the the number was let me see if we got it here but they right. re-upped mcdonough
0: mcdonough um, right. for to, seven yeah. years at 6.7 a year so uh, okay. a good deal for mcdonough there uh yeah tampa bay they'll still be one of the best teams in the league next year they were obviously in on tavares uh tavares talked a lot about talking to stamkos uh particularly, uh, I think, a little bit about he said a little about Toronto, but Sam Coase for sure was trying to convince him to come to Tampa Bay. Iserman said they'd sure. figure out a way to fit him. and uh, But they he obviously went home. And speaking of that, let's move to the biggest signing of free agency. It was John Tavares signing with the Leafs. Seven years, $77 million. Uh, I I will start this one. <laughs> <laughs> as a, a, yes, a Leafs fan, take this. Who has, you know, every time, and I when I when I say every time, I don't I don't say that lightly. It, it's real. Every time any player from Canada or really any player becomes a free agent, they're rumored to go to Toronto. Every player that's yeah. going to be traded, he's somehow rumored to go to Toronto. Actually, I'd say the only one who wasn't was Eric Carlson. And that's just because he was in Ottawa. <laughs> He's the only big-name player I have heard. I think I can remember in 20 years that at some point someone wasn't like, oh, yeah, the Leafs are interested. Yep, for sure the Leafs are in on it. Like, it was always the Leafs. Oh, you know, who's going to come home? Stamkos, oh, he'll come, he'll come back to Toronto. Oh, Lindros, he'll come back to Toronto. And he did eventually come back to Toronto, but it was when he was a shell of himself. Uh, but this signing... A player of this caliber leaving the only team he's ever known to sign with really any team, but let alone his hometown team. It is unprecedented. We, we, we haven't seen this happen. It's, I mean, I can't think of the... I, I was racking my brain. Who's a better free agent signing in the history of the league in terms of a player at that age... And I don't think that they exist. I think that he is the best free agent signing in terms of age, talent, being in his prime uh, that we have ever seen uh, switch teams.
1: Yeah, I think the the last big name I could think of uh, was Scott Niedermeyer when he left to go to Anaheim. Yes, when he was that, like
0: 35.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. But he was still extremely talented. And um, I think that's the last time I've, I've heard anybody with you know that kind of talent change teams like that so um like you said yeah nobody with that type of talent at that age that has really moved on so this is unprecedented for sure
0: yeah so now the leafs top three senators are john tavares austin matthews and i it's funny to even put them in that order but that's really where i put them uh and then nazem Kadri, your 32 goal scorer as your third (laughs) line center uh this team just went from very good to uh, to great with with that addition. I mean, that's just... Tavares makes players around him better. He yeah. turned Anders Lee into a prolific goal scorer. <laughs> he turned Josh wow. Bailey into a freaking all-star. Yeah. And so when when I hear, oh, who's he going to play with? Oh, they, they're going to put him with Marner. I'm like, do you really... It doesn't really matter who we put with him. <laughs> right. we, we really want to waste... We could put Marner with any... I mean, that's probably who he'll end up playing with is Marner, which is... I'm giddy just thinking about it. I, I think that anyone... as long, I mean, if he's playing against your team, of course, you don't want him to do well. But I think that this team's watchability skyrocketed on July 1st. I mean, they are oh, going yeah. to be... If, if, if NBC doesn't take advantage of uh of having them on national tv in the u.s they're insane because they are going to be such a fun team to watch
1: yeah i i won't disagree with you at all with that i think um yeah like you said regardless if he plays with marner or even i mean it would be interesting to see what he could do for a guy like zach hyman but still he's going to be fantastic to watch
0: yep i i just wiped up all the drool on my desk here so. <laughs>
1: Yeah, the the only thing I, I I have to say moving forward, when you look at a team like Toronto, um, you know, again we 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 circle back when when you look at potential weaknesses back to their defense, and I'm kind of curious now. Uh, you know, I've heard they've been shopping Matt Martin around, um, which is fine. I, I, they're not gonna they're not gonna miss him on their their fourth line if if somebody does decide was, to make him play for him.
0: He barely played at the towards the end of the season, anyways.
1: Right, but to me, looking, you know, maybe a guy like. You know, Kadri, do you do you potentially look at moving him to bring in a top four defender, um, or do you just maybe roll with what you got and see what see what you can do?
0: The only way that you can move Kadri, in my mind, is if Nylander can play center. I, okay. I think in this league, you look at the Penguins, Crosby, Malkin, Broussard. You you look at uh, the Capitals with Kuznetsov and uh, and Backstrom. And and their mm-hmm. and their center depth. I mean, even even their fourth line center, Jay Beagle, he just went and signed a, a huge deal with Vancouver for you know four years, three million dollars a year. Uh, I I think that he, your center depth is so important, and you can always find guys who can score on the wing. Oh, it's much right. easier to find them. Uh, so yeah, I, I couldn't I disagree with you. Don't think that they'll trade Kadri unless. Unless they start trying Nylander at center, which was initially the plan, they were initially going to shift Nylander to center. But now I don't think there's any point.
1: Yeah, I I, I just I completely agree with you. I don't think there's any point in putting Nylander at center. And I think at the value you're going to get out of a thirty goal score for four point five million over the next four seasons, exactly for Kadri. Oh, that's and, crazy, and a, and a
0: very good defensive forward as well. Um, he can he can shut down the other team's best players. Uh, so, uh, and he's and he's met, he's like one of Babcock's favorite toys. So I don't see him going anywhere. Uh, yeah. But okay, let's let's move on. We'll, we've got three more teams to do, uh, four more. Vancouver Canucks. They uh, if the wings were head scratchers, then I don't know what the Canucks were scratching because they signed <laughs> Jay Beagle and Antoine Roussel to four-year, three million-dollar deals per year. Uh, well, oh. I, I I truly don't understand. And then they and then they signed Sven Barchi to a three-year $10.1 million deal, 3.3666666, repeating uh, for a guy with 29 points. I get he only played 53 games. He can't stay healthy. He has not played the most amount of games that he's played in, uh, in any year in the NHL is 69, and that wow. was three years ago. So I just – I don't understand that signing. It doesn't doesn't seem to give you the value. Uh, Along with Beagle, Beagle, I like him. Roussel, I like him. But – and Roussel makes a little more sense because he's 28. Beagle's 32. What's Jay Beagle going to be at 36?
1: Yeah, don't get me wrong. I think he's still a fantastic centerman in terms of defensive faceoff ability. But outside of that – Yeah, you
0: pay a million – yeah, eight for that
1: what, right exactly and i think outside of the, especially the last two years of this contract it maybe even last three years i mean i don't know how much more this guy honestly has left in the tank and um you're not going to see a lot of offensive production from him especially with that depth that that vancouver team has i it would shock me if he if he gets 20 points a season
0: all right uh Well, let's, uh, yeah, I mean, what Vancouver's doing, I have no idea. And we'll certainly spend a little bit more time on uh, the ugliness right now. Who knows? It's really hard to get a a picture as to what they're actually doing. But uh, let's move on to the Vegas Golden Knights, who they lose Perron, they lose Neil, uh, but they go out and they gain Paul Stastny uh, for a pretty reasonable three year, $6.5 million deal. Um, I like Stastny at 6.5 a lot better than I like Neil at 6.5 okay as a third line as a second line center uh, just based on the position that he plays and it was for only three years as opposed to five so I can live with that
1: yeah I, I wouldn't disagree with you either I think that's that's a good signing for them um, you know considering that last year what their second line center was Cody Eakin so <laughs> I think this is definitely an yes. improvement to. Um, you know, they have to get, obviously, Carlson locked up uh, with the money he's owed for putting up 40 goals and being their top-line center. But I think outside of that, I think that this is a very good deal for him. I Hopefully, he can help kind of figure out the Tatar situation, get him going a little bit. Um, the head-scratcher for me, though, was Ryan Reeves. Um, he got more guy money was, than Q-Dilbin. I know. <laughs> yeah, this is a guy that was in and out of your fourth line last year. Don't get me wrong. He... He looked pretty decent as a fourth-line player, but for over $2 million, I just I don't see him yeah, doing us. much more than fourth-line minutes. He, he so.
0: scored four goals in 79 games. Uh, yeah. he, he had two goals in the playoffs, and I think that's where the two in front of his salary comes from. <laughs> because otherwise, yeah. he's about a, a million-dollar player at best. He's 31 years old. This was a, a very like old school kind of dumb move um however i do like nick holden coming in two years at 2.2 million a year Uh, i think he'll solidify their top six uh add some depth to that and so i I do i do like that in in terms of their defense
1: sure yeah absolutely couldn't agree with you more um i'm just kind of curious to see um if there's any big moves coming on defense if they try to make a play for Bobby Ryan and, and Eric Carlson here. If that's going to happen out for them, but we'll see.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that'll be that'll change everything. Uh, the Washington Capitals, they for the most part just kind of keep the keep the gang together. They re signed Devonte Smith Pelly to a one year one mil, and of course they re signed John Carlson uh, about a week and a half ago uh, to the eight year sixty four million dollar deal, and uh, they managed to keep him in there all well. Uh, Brooks Orpik still might come back because they traded him and he got bought out, and so he's free to re-sign with the Capitals if they want. Uh, Capitals will look to just compete for another cup with the same team.
1: Yeah, no need to uh, to shake things up or make any changes when it was working pretty good for you.
0: I don't know if, if the hangover will be done, though. Like, yeah. an, a literal hangover. <laughs> not the figurative <laughs> one. Uh, I... <laughs> we we may see a a pretty rough october out of the, out of the capitals <laughs> i i don't know i don't know how well their off-season training is going at this point oh boy Uh the winnipeg jets they re-signed joe morrow and uh that's pretty much it
1: yeah they they moved uh steve mason out to try to make room for Paul Stassi and that- that and, kind and they, of blew up in their face.
0: Yeah, and they sent Joel Armia so that they would. I mean, essentially, it was all right. Take Joel Armia and take this this salary from us, and, uh, and they had to re-sign him so they wouldn't really be able to afford him anyways. And they, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's I I'm, I'm still confused. I mean, it seemed like a foregone conclusion that he wanted to be there. He would re-sign, and I guess they were thinking that maybe they could get him for five, five or six or something in Vegas sweeten the pot
1: yeah i mean don't get me wrong i think vegas is you know i I think vegas and winnipeg when you look at both teams you're like okay both of these teams potentially will have playoff success um you know i think maybe maybe vegas kind of sweetened the deal and said hey you know we're going to give you a little bit more money we're going to give you the opportunity to
0: not be uh, cold every freaking day right
1: (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah that that very well could have been the selling point there and um, to me, when, when I look at a team like Winnipeg, I'm, I'm kind of curious now that they have all this cap space. Um, are they going to pay out Jacob Truba a ton of money, or are they going to look to move him? Um, I mean, I don't know, when,
0: see why you wouldn't keep Jacob Truba
1: at this yeah, point. It, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I know there were some issues uh, you know, last offseason, and that's why he ended up on a one-year contract. Um, but you know and I was kind of shocked too that when they couldn't nab Paul Stasny when it was you know a foregone conclusion he was going to go in Winnipeg why they didn't make a play for for maybe somebody else or maybe they're just saving their money and being smart because they know they got to pay out Patrick Line next year
0: yeah and because they were dumb and signed Dmitry Kulikov to a monster deal 4.33 that's terrible Uh, yeah I mean and and Truba is arbitration eligible so uh, I mean he's he would go to arbitration and probably get seven.
1: It's possible, and and then you look at too a guy who is also arbitration eligible and Connor Hellebuck, who had a had just set a record for most wins in that franchise's history, um, and most wins by an American-born goaltender. Like, what do you think he's going to get? In
0: yeah, and, I <laughs> I I still as an RFA Hellebuck, he's probably he'll probably get six, six and a half. Is my guess, yeah. I don't know if you'd pay him seven quite yet. He's really had one good year in the NHL.
1: Sure. So. Yeah.
0: Well, Justin, we did it. We made it all the way through every NHL team and their free wow. agent signings. And we did it in less than an hour and a half. All right. So uh, we will be back uh, this week. I'm actually out of town, so we won't have another another show until uh, until the weekend-ish Sunday, something like that. But. Uh, we will be back, and uh, I'm sure there'll be lots, uh, a few extras that uh, that trickle in here. There's a few more signings to talk about. Uh, we will be doing shows throughout the summer, breaking down each team and talking about uh, you know wh- where we think they'll they'll go and and what they'll do. We'll continue our series that we've been working on before the draft, and we'll just continue going through each team individually. Uh, much you know like the like the previous shows that we've done so thank you for listening you can follow us on twitter at ot hockey talk justin any last thoughts before we uh before we kick it uh
1: no i i'm so happy to kick it
0: (laughs) to kick yeah i know yeah you'd love to kick something right now i'm sure but (laughs) not for a few months justin broke his ankle if you don't remember if you want to send justin a uh you know a care package or something like that just send it to our twitter (laughs) send it through twitter (laughs) Send a sticker or something like that. So, no, all right. Well, have a great week and uh, enjoy the summer weather. We'll talk to you guys soon.